I'm Dave Nordman, executive editor of the Telegram Gazette, uh, joined on this Monday Voice of Business by Alex Guardiola. The uh, what is your title these days, it, Alex? It's, uh, you know what? It's just you do so much over there at the chamber. I I never uh, never sure what uh, what hat you're wearing today. Yeah, we have a lot of hats going on, but uh, my official title is Director of Government Affairs and Public Policy. Yeah, and one of these days I'll we'll just stick just to that title, just, right? And not not everything else you uh, you do. So, uh, well, welcome to the. Uh, to the voice of business. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the uh, the event that you actually uh, that started this morning, uh, the conference. Uh, I know uh, when Tim uh, Tim was on the last couple of weeks, we talked about uh, the Game Changers um, event, um, and it's, it's off to a great start. Yeah, so this is our fifth year under the Game Changers brand. Uh, you know, this conference is an expo that brings members in Central Mass businesses uh, community to learn more about local initiatives, business opportunities, to hear keynote speakers and network with other professionals. It's a little different this year because of COVID. We typically do this at a half-day business conference um, and uh, in person. But this year, we're going to break it up uh, virtually, do a mini-series from October 19th to the 22nd, and uh, proposing a series of ideas and uh, you know that warrant consideration uh, and further conversation as we look to advance the city and the region. Yeah, so you mentioned October 19th. Obviously, uh, that is today. Um, and if uh, if you don't know when today is, uh, today we're, we're taping here on a Monday. Um, so, you know, talk about the different uh, the different speakers, the different opportunities, whether somebody's uh, listening to this today or um, or in the next day or two, uh, who they uh, who they missed and who they still have the opportunity to, uh, to see and listen to. Yeah, so uh, today was day one, obviously, Monday. We we had our, our uh, traditional award ceremony and opening keynote. Uh, our keynote was Darla DeGrace. Uh, she was the founder. She is the founder of DEI Consulting and formerly of Reebok. Um, so it, it was great. You know, good to see everybody. Uh, good participation and uh, happy to see some, some, you know, faces that I hadn't seen in a while. Right. And you mentioned this is a multi-day day event. So um, so who, who do we have coming up? Yeah, day two. Uh, the, you know, so again, they're going to be mini-series. So the, uh, the title of our day two series is Path. Pathways to an inclusion, uh, inclusive financial services and workforce and portfolio. So the idea being, uh, you know, access to a seat at the table in the financial services industry is twofold. You know, fair access to capital in the form of loans, equitable interest rates. Uh, it's crucial to the building of a business. So you know, banks, credit unions, they all play a key vital role. Um, and so. For this panel, we have uh, the moderator will be Ivy Nguyen from Bowditch and Dewey, uh, Eric Good- Goodwine, he's the VP uh, Commercial Lending at Country Bank, uh, Sheila King Goodwin, Senior VP uh, for Fidelity Bank, Eric Turkunu, VP of Commercial Lending over at TD Bank, and uh, Wilson Yang, he's a Corporate Banking Associate and the co-chair of the Regional Diversity Can- Council over at TD Bank as well. That's a, uh, that's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then... Uh, so kind of moving on, yeah. uh, moving on to the uh, to the final days. Yeah. So day three, uh, you know, we're going to title that one, uh, Prioritizing Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Throughout the Workplace. So here, you know, you know learn how to uh, diverse the workforce and, ele- you know, it elevates a company's sta- uh, status in the community, facilitates employee buy-in, and benefits the bottom line. So we're learning how to develop and implement uh, diversity and inclusion in your business. So yeah, and that's not only diversity in hiring, but also that being a... You know, it's a diverse workforce, but also, you know, just stressing, 
you know, other forms of diversity as well. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, so that one's going to be moderated by uh, Stacey Luster, who's the general counsel and assistant to the president for uh, employment and equal opportunity at the Worcester State. So great, uh, great start there with, uh, and then ironically, her boss is going to be there. Barry Maloney is going to be on the panel. He's the president of Worcester State. Uh, Denise Lousley, she is the executive vice president and chief human resource officer at Hanover Insurance, a big, you know, we're a big employer here in the city. And then Lewis Brady, he's CEO of Family Health Center of Worcester. That, that's awesome. I mean, just uh, just a, a great lineup of uh, you know experts and um, you know who can really offer you know a lot to those who. You know, yeah, I think they, in. yeah, I mean, they give a lot of license and a lot of good, uh, you know, background on all this stuff. So it's going to be a great one. And then I obviously on day four we finish up with our uh, our keynote speaker. Uh, it's you know Patrick Lee. He's the principal at Trinity uh, Financial and Trinity Management, two different companies, but under the same umbrella. Uh, it's a thirty-one year old development company. Um, the two companies have more than 250 employees in central ma- central offices in Manhattan and Boston. They're developing the Trinity Courthouse, the courthouse lofts over on one main street. Uh, people remember the old courthouse, which I grew up in because my mother worked there. So when I got sick, guess yeah. what? I didn't get to go home and watch no, the prices you're, you're, right. I had to, went to the law library yeah, and did my homework, <laughs> even though I was coughing up a lung. But um, <laughs> those days are far behind us. But, uh, you know, this... this this building is very important because last year's game changers uh, were circled around housing, right? So building more housing at all levels, affordable, you know, market rate, uh, workforce, what have you. Um, so this is going to be, you know, it's a modern residential space that's developed uh, for households of all incomes uh, and honors Worcester's proud heritage and diversity. Uh, you know, and the, the good thing is, too, they're going to be adding the museum, the Major Taylor Museum, honoring Major Taylor, who was a you know, cyclist who uh, really went to the different level and uh, in from Worcester here. So he was originally from Ohio, I believe, and then came to Worcester and uh, he made his mark here. So kind of open up that museum. Yeah, fitting uh, fitting the Worcester world when, uh, you know, uh, Major Taylor, it just, it sounds like a lot of work went into this event and um, we should have probably mentioned it at the, at the start, but uh, how do people uh, how do people uh, tune in, uh, so yeah. to speak, to so, uh, yeah. to the event? If you if you want to register, you can go to uh, www.centralmassbusinessexpo.com. So that's it. That's the place. It's yeah. own website. That's how important it is to us that we took it. All. I mean, you can go to the WorcesterChamber.org, right? And you can link to it. But it was so important to us that we built our own website specifically for this event. Great, and uh, and you know, you probably don't do this alone. Um, give you a chance to to, to plug the sponsors uh, of the event. Yeah, so the sponsors are crucial. Obviously, we're not able to do this without our sponsors. So you know, DCU sponsored it, Fidelity Bank, uh, Health New England, IPG, Bowditch, Unibank, LLB. You know. It, those are great partners in the, in the city and the region, and uh, we, we could not get it done without them. And speaking of sponsors, kind of transitioning to our next uh, next sort of uh, point of conversation, uh, Worcester Regional Airport, who's a, who's a sponsor of this this podcast. Uh, what's uh, what's up at the airport? Yeah, so if people know that you know we obviously did a. Uh, a mass survey uh, in the Worcester region wanted to make sure that we got a lot of information out. So we started it on uh, September 7th. We just finished it up last Thursday, uh, and we were hoping to get about 1,000 responses. Uh, luckily, we beat it and got about 1,300 responses. Wow, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so what are the uh, what is the survey? What are the results? Yeah, so Tell we're, us. Yeah, we're starting to dig in now. It's yeah. time for us to do sure. all the 
statistical work and all the analysis. So we just got uh, got our hands a little wet today and uh, said, okay, but we have game changers going on. So, sure. uh, but we are, you know, we're figuring out what's going on. Uh, obviously, prior to COVID, uh, we were upticking. We had the three airlines, JetBlue going to Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, and JFK. Uh, American Airlines was going to Philly as a connector mostly. Uh, and then Delta going to Detroit, which is one of their big hubs that opened up the West Coast for us. So void of any like results, obviously, those are a ways away. But what kind of what kind of questions uh, were included in the survey? What kind of things was the uh, was the chamber looking for? Yeah, so we kind of started the idea of saying, you know, hey, if you took the, the, airport, the Worcester Regional Airport as, as your, your beginning destination, uh, where were you flying to? What, you know, these airlines are here. Where, so obviously the, the big ones were the Orlando-Fort Lauderdale flights because those are very fun destinations to go to, especially during the uh, vacation seasons for the kids. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the NYC one was still doing well. Uh, so we kind of went through that. Um, we asked about, you know, the future. If we were to be able to get other airlines or other destinations, where would you want to go? Um, the Caribbean and Florida were number one. Uh, ironically, D.C. was number two. Really? Yeah. And these were open-ended questions. Wow. It wasn't like we were giving them kind of offers. And not a not a destination Worcester has 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 had in the recent future. Yeah. And I'll be in honest with you. Past, it, yeah. it, it makes sense. I mean, you have a lot of people who really like to go there to you know bring right. their kids. It's uh, you know, but you have business there, so that was a, a big one. And then. And, uh, you know, in the top four, Las Vegas. Right. Yeah, a direct flight out of Worcester to Las Vegas would be great. I mean, you see it from all these other smaller uh, airports that can take, you know, you can go to, out of Hartford, Providence, Manchester, direct flights mm. right to Vegas. And I think that's a big draw. So, again, we'll, we'll deep it, dig it deep into that. And then the big one I think that stood out, we'll go, well, again, we're going to dig into this and we'll give everybody all the crucial information. Um, but one of the things I do want to highlight is... Uh, if there was a direct flight, uh, you know, from Worcester, would you consider using it more often? And, you know, it was very likely, likely, not sure, very unlikely, unlikely. 81% I mean, direct it. flights are a big deal. Right. I mean, I, I, yeah, I know when I, when I look at, yeah. when I look for flights, the first, the first box I check is, is yeah. direct flight. That was one of our questions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is the priority for you? Is it timing, direct flights? Is it cost? I, I it, can't, I can't check off uh, connecting flight fast enough. Oh yeah. No. And I, the, the biggest problem that I see personally when I travel, and I travel a lot, is if I have a connecting flight, it's delayed. My next flight is, I'm going to miss my next flight. Right. So that's kind of a hassle. But, um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But we're going to dig into it a little further, and uh, we'll make sure that everybody gets all this information. Uh, but we're, we're excited to kind of— Yeah, and so um, just kind of lastly on the on the airport survey question is, um, so the, the end result of, of this, is this something that the, the chamber then would uh, potentially share with airlines? Um, yeah. You know, so what, what do you do with all this information? Yeah, so we actually partnered with Massport. So we did this survey in conjunction with them. We kind of housed it and kind of did the facilitation of it. But um, we will go back with Massport and show them while they start making bids for other airlines that Worcester is still really in need of an airport. And although we don't have any airlines there right now, uh, all the ground flights are grounded, we need to make sure we circle back and say – these are the things we're hearing from our residents. Not only that, we're sending these, we're, we're asking specific industries like insurance, you know, construction. We're asking them, share with your employees. What is a big crucial need? So it's not just leisure. There's also the business component. And that's, uh, that's a p- big piece of it. Right. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great idea. So when you, when, uh, 
when the world, when when Central Massachusetts does have a chance to hit the reset button, uh, you've got uh, you've got answers to the questions that they're probably going to be asking. Yeah, of course, and that's a thing. And I think that. I think that it's been overseen for too long, uh, and we started getting. We were hopeful prior to COVID. We were hopeful that we were going to add airlines and add destinations, uh, and then COVID hit, and boom! <laughs> All of a sudden, flights are getting grounded. Awesome, uh, Alex. We talked about uh, you wearing many different hats. Yeah. So, uh, what's what's last on our uh, what's last on our agenda here? Anything else to discuss today? Yeah. So, uh, our, we have a business and government roundtable that I run, um, and that typically is you know involves uh, you know, our government folks. Kind of speaking directly. Finally, to back to that government yeah. part of your title. <laughs> this is actually what this I do. This is the actual. <laughs> it's not. It's not plugging Tim Murray into Zoom. Yeah, it's not <laughs> an event coordinator. Sometimes it's, sweeping up the kitchen. I don't know. A, a survey coordinator. Right. Uh, this is exactly. This so is. So I finally, you know, we're half an hour in. I finally heard the word government. <laughs> right. So the business and government forum that we're hosting, uh, which will be October 29th, uh, Tuesday. So. We are actually going to have the uh, Canadian Consul General, his name is David Allward, uh, along with Jim Paul, who's the U.S. Commercial Service International Trade uh, Director for Boston, uh, who's overseen by the Department of Co- uh, Commerce. Um, for folks that may not know, uh, pro- they may be familiar with the word NAFTA, it was the North American Free Trade Agreement. Uh, in July of this year, uh, a new version of that was passed, and it's called the USMCA uh, Agreement. So it's, it's the United States-Mexico-Canadian Agreement, or in Canada, they actually go by CUSMA, which is Canadian-US-Mexico Agreement, which is neither here or there. But uh, so we're going to be able to have both those uh, folks speak to our business members who want to do international trade. So on the Canadian consul side, uh, consul general, he's going to speak about how folks can do business with Canadian companies. Uh, On the other side with Jim Paul, folks will be able to realize how to do how to do business with Canada, giving them supplies, you know, or doing trade with them. So uh, it, it's a really big topic because as we continue to move forward on our commerce, things have changed. You know, we're all online. We're all, uh, but we still need actual tangible things. We need lumber. We need steel. We need, uh, and Canada is a great partner for us as well as Mexico. So it's going to be a great uh, showcase for everybody and get to learn a little bit about it, uh, ask some questions and uh, kind of open up their commerce. That's that's good stuff. So uh, that was a uh, that was a quick sprint through the uh, <laughs> through the Chamber of Commerce. I really appreciate it, Alex. Of course. Uh, that again. My name is Dave Nordman, the executive editor of the uh, the Telegram Gazette, and joined today by Alex Guardiola, the uh, director of government affairs and public policy for the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Thanks again, Alex. Thank you.